This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Zephyr CMS. It's a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. You can find them at ZephyrCMS.com. More about this later in the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jantz. My guest today is Simon Severino. He is the founder and CEO of Strategy Sprints. We're going to talk about growing your business in perhaps a unique way today. So, Simon, thanks for joining me. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you, John. So, so let's start with what is a Strategy Sprint? Well, you know, at Strategy Sprints, we do only one thing, strategy in sprints. And the Strategy Sprints is a 90-day consulting program where we do strategy, meaning we try to get your monthly revenue less volatile, more consistent, more reliable. And the sprint part is we do it in short cycles, which means you have motivated teams and they have more energy for the next sprint. So so kind of borrows from the, the Scrum you know, an agile kind of uh, software development, right? We were inspired by that and we were missing that in the strategy world because you know the strategy world and you know that most of that doesn't work, is boring, is <laughs> it's just number, uh, it's just number crunching, it's just linear thinking, not systemic thinking. So we were trying to bring what works in agile into the executive suite. And um, yeah, we did it. Yeah, good. So what, what, what in your experience, what are some of the biggest mistakes uh, that, that you've come across that companies commonly make, uh, especially in the strategy area? Oh, where do I start? So <laughs> every week we see dozens of clients in our program. First thing they do, they do too much. Yeah. Everybody right now is doing too much. Yeah, and all, even in, in this all crisis, they, 19 priorities. 19 priorities, exactly. <laughs> even, even to have the, a pure plural of priorities is per se a paradox. Yeah. So, yes, the strategy is too complicated. The second problem is people don't know their strategy. So the strategy is not aligned. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is it is not communicated to everybody. And, and these are the three main problems. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually see that um, it's not really a strategy. It's just a group of tactics. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And and I think that's where they you know really get in trouble. So, so when you start to work with somebody, um, is there a place that you you have found is like, let's go let's go diagnose here first and and see. I, I know, for example, um, in small businesses that I've worked with over the years, Generally speaking, it's their sales process. I mean, I can do all the fancy websites I want and all the content I want, but you know, when the phone rings, they don't have a very good process to convert. Um, I'm wondering if you've kind of, if there's like a first place you always look. Oh man, absolutely. We ask 11 fields of the company and one of that is sales. Mm -hmm. So I, I also put together the exercise that we do and we'll give it away at the end because it's a very small exercise, a couple of questions. You go through that, you know your current sales funnel, you know the number one bottleneck, and that's exactly what we do. Because in order to get them to do less with more impact, you have to find the number one bottleneck. So first thing we do is we check the vision. Why do they do what they do? Who is it for? And how does it click? How does it change the life of the users? You talked last week about thinking of clients as being members. I like that a lot. So we think of this relationship 
and what really matters there. And the first thing is checking the vision. And, and what we then do, and this is maybe unique, because we try and find the most direct path to manifesting that vision. And, and that we are really focused there. So usually there is one bottleneck to break through to get there. And that's our bottleneck analysis in the first week. From there, every week has just one focus. So it's seven days is the sprint length. And every sprint has only one focus, solving one bottleneck. So we solve one problem after the other, and that creates the momentum you can imagine from committees to sprint, you get such an energy level up because it's very natural for people. It's, it's what their kids do. It's, it's what they do when they do sports. So people love it and get energized by that. So can you give me examples of specific, you don't have to name companies, of course, but of specific bottlenecks that, that you see? Sure. Can you give me an example of one. Yeah. Sure. We always go exactly like, like you do through the whole sales journey. So we start with awareness, nurturing, sales opportunity, closing, fulfillment, upsell, cross-sell delivery, retainment, continuity. And one of these is usually the bottleneck. Now, that's the general sales funnel. But most of our clients, 90% of our clients, they take this template and they say, yeah, that's exactly what I'm going through with my people. And, and then they analyze, we analyze, and we find together one of these. Mostly they think I need more leads. That's 80% of what I right. hear every week. I need more leads. And what we mostly find out is they don't need more leads because they have a leaky bucket. And if you get more water in, nothing changes. So usually you have to have a better fulfillment. Make the core product better mm. and the main processes around it. Automate them, systemize them, use more checklists and create a playbook, create sales scripts, create that, that the sales scripts, they should include the objection handling, have better KPIs. And that's really the core of it. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of times people say they need more leads or, or more sales, you know, but a lot of times it's, we've got to, we don't have, we need a better offer. <laughs> you know, we need a better uh, message that distinguishes, you know, the value of this. And a lot of times that, you know, that can't be fixed by sales necessarily. Um, I mean, that, and that's why I think taking this, this whole strategic look is so important. Absolutely. A better offer. I'd love to hear. And also, okay. and also with the same amount of leads, the same amount of fans of people who care about your offering, right. the same amount, but raising the sales conversion. Yeah. So what we are really proud of that yeah. on average in these 90 days, we can raise the conversion rate by 39%. And that's what we are really proud of because especially right now in times of crisis, people need cash. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need fancy strategy plans. We need cash right now, liquidity, runway. And that's one thing you can do right now is same amount of leads. Don't go and hunt for new leads. That's, that's not the best strategy in any time. But make the, the leads happy that are here already. They are in contact with you. They want something. They are interested. Make it easier for them to get in contact with what they really need. 
Yeah, and I guess I would take that a step further. I think um, I think a lot of companies we've worked with um, actually make the experience of a customer uh, better. Um, and all of a sudden, you've not only are you retaining customers, but there's a likelihood that they're actually generating leads for you. Um, so I'd, I'd I'd wonder how you know we 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 have something we call the marketing hourglass, which is our customer journey, which our stages are no like trust, try by repeat and refer. I wonder um, how do how does the customer journey kind of uh, framework lay over your sprints? Oh, beautiful! Customer journey is in week one one of the main things that we do. So we start awareness, nurturing, sales opportunity, closing, fulfillment, etc., until continuity. And the point is now not doing it from your perspective, but yeah. from your client's perspective. And that for some people, this is really a new perspective. And, and then the sprint coach really helps you to stay in that perspective. So we will ask at each point, we will ask, what do they need right now? What do they want right now? What do they ask for? What do they really need? What's the main emotion? What are their dreams, their aspirations, their goals, their fears? And building on that fears, what can you guarantee? What is the risk reversal that you can build in? How can you make it safe for them to say yes? What, would you say that there's a type of business, an industry, a you know B two B, B two C, you know size of business? I mean, are there certain types that you find that this approach works uh, best with? We work best with growth companies, mm -hmm. people who have twenty percent growth and twenty percent EBIT. Uh, and beyond. So who really loves to work with us are VC funds and, um, and private equity funds because they want to get growth faster and they want to get a better price when they sell. So these people are the ones who they buy one sprint after the other. They never stop because after they double their revenue, they want to quadruple it. Yeah. One of the things that, that we do a lot with, uh, particularly service businesses, is they, they tend to have a, a single offering that, you know, is doing fine. People like it. You know, they're growing. And we find that they're missing a lot of opportunities because they're not, they, they either aren't offering, you know, some sort of upsell or some sort of cross sell or some sort of advanced, you know, so if somebody buys, a $500 offering, some percentage of those people will always buy a $5,000 offering, you know, from the same company. How do you, and, and a lot of times people refer to this kind of as the product ladder, for, uh, for example. Um, how, how does that fit into your approach, that, that thinking? Week two, we call it the value ladder. Mm -hmm. So we ask, okay, who do you serve? How do you change your life? And now how can you make it small? What's the smallest thing that you can give of value to change a little bit their perspective, their life, their business. But it's the smallest thing that you give away. And that's the first loop. If that works and if they want more, what's the second loop you can build around that? And then the third. So we work in loops that get bigger and bigger. And we call it the value ladder. So what's the smallest thing you can give away? In our case, it's typically uh, um, an audit that we give away. And then maybe a short consultation. And then the big strategy sprint, 90 days consultation. But what is the taster and how can you give value? Maybe the first part for free and the second a little bit cheaper. And, yeah. but, and then comes your main product. And then what's the follow-up? We call it the value ladder and it's 
basically the front end funnel, the core funnel, and the back end funnel. You know, today content is everything. So our websites are really content management systems, but they've got to work like one. Check out Zephyr. It is a modern cloud-based CMS system that's licensed only to agencies. It's really easy to use. It's very fast. It uh, won't mess with your SEO. I mean, it really reduces the time and effort to, to launch uh, your clients' websites. Beautiful themes, just really fast, profitable way to go. They include an agency services to really kind of make a, them your plug-and-play dev shop. Check out Zephyr.com. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R-C-M-S.com. So maybe you could think of an actual client that you've worked with um, that um, one of the things I think that's, that is, is so hard to get them to do, especially if they're making sales you know, all over the place, um, is to get them to narrow their focus and simplify and, and really go all in on, on a certain market. Um, can you think of a business that, that you've been able to convince to, to really do that, to really simplify, and that that's where growth came from rather than just piling more on to try to get growth? Sure. Right now, we were working with a – this is a B2B company, service-based mm-hmm. business with 150 employees – and they had a profit margin of 7%, which in their industry is really bad. Mm. So what's going on? First week analysis, we found out they have too many products and too many services, not all of them profitable. 20% of their services were doing 80% of the profit. (laughs) And now we didn't cut, of course, everything, but we did cut the the lowest 10% of the non-profitable stuff. And we started focusing on the most profitable revenue streams. And this is when you are the owner and you built it and you are still there and you are the CEO, then you, you can see it because you are in love with every single product. Right. Right. But, but we are sprint coaches from the outside. We just see mm-hmm. the numbers. So we help see just the facts and we make it easier. So after a couple of coaching calls, they said, all right, guys, okay, we see it. We, there is this spreadsheet. It's telling us the truth. So we will do it. We will focus our offering. So the value ladder became simpler and simpler and simpler. And now it's just one webinar, one main product, one follow-up product, one continuity program. That's it. Yeah. And they are rocking they are now at 17% profit and they, they will double it soon because now it's so simple to communicate. They have just one line in marketing. There is just one page, really one sales page mm. and every content they are putting on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram just refers to that one webinar. It's so simple and it's beautiful. It will get better week by week. Like when you're, you, you go to your garden, you water your plants, you, you like to see them, they like to see you, and it gets better and better every week. Yeah, it's funny when, uh, when, when you get somebody to look at their clients and they see that there's, there's actually work they're doing that's not profitable. Sometimes it's hard to, for them to believe, but I, I think one of the things I've experienced is not only is that, pro- that work not profitable, you're probably not, it's, it's probably not profitable because you're not serving them right. They don't have the right problem <laughs> there. And, and ultimately, 
those turn into your detractors too. I mean, that's the ironic thing. Those are the people out there talking about how your company's not that great and you're not making any money with them. <laughs> you know, so it's like cut those folks, you know, free as, as soon as possible because they were not, you know, they're, you're, they're just not right for you. And I think the longer a company's been in business, um, you know, they, they had, there's a tendency to be kind of that legacy, you know, client that they, they're not really set up to serve anymore. Absolutely. And when you say detractors, the opposite is the promoter. Yeah. Now, for, for us, it was a game changer when we ourselves started implementing the net promoter score. Right. I, I, I was always skeptical about it because people were using it to benchmark it against industries. And yeah. I'm, I'm really not into that kind of thinking. But we did it for, for our team. So we just asked a couple of questions. What's going well? What do you miss? What else do you need, which we cannot solve right now? And what can we improve? And how likely is it that you would refer us? That's it. And we installed it in an automated way. So every 30 days, every client is asked automatically per email. Really simple to set up. Yeah. Yeah. But the point is now that we are counting the promoters and the detractors. So it goes from minus 100 to plus 100. And this has changed the level of knowledge and of intimacy that we have with our clients because now we know so much and this is so important and they feel that we care because we ask all the time. And especially they, they say, what, you're asking for problems? Nobody asks for problems. Yes, of course I'm asking for problems. Otherwise, what should the focus of our sprint be? Yeah. It's we want to know what's not going well because that's exactly what we need to do this week. So we ask for problems and we know so much more right now. And week four of the strategy sprint is exactly installing that for the clients, with the clients. And after that, they usually tell us, I know now so much more about the people who are really important. This changed everything. Yeah. And I think it also, I mean, in some cases, I'm sure you've come across where it's it's really highlighted some some gaps that a company has um, and, and true, you know, true areas that need to be improved if you're going to grow. Always, always. Yeah. We identify every week a gap in our own product. And we are at NPS score plus 93, which is absolutely excellent. Yeah. Plus yeah. 93 is excellent. But they always tell us something. Oh, well, you know, that part doesn't fit together with that part. Uh, you know, this one coach, he was a little bit um, uh, too pushy in that direction. This other coach, he didn't push us enough and then challenge us enough in that direction. We learn every week. Yeah, it's a good way, good way to keep, uh, keep score on, uh, on where you're providing results to. Our philosophy is we just want this team to be measured. So every yeah. team is just measured against itself last week. Yeah. We just want every team to get 1% better this week. Yeah. So uh, before we started this interview, you mentioned that uh, you uh, would offer some folks uh, a, a URL that they could go to and actually get one of these free strategy calls. So you want to share that with us, Simon? Yeah. So we said, okay, do just one bottleneck solving after the other. It's easier said than done. How right. do you know which one is your current bottleneck in your sales funnel? So we put together a list of questions. If we go, if you go through that in 15 minutes, you will have your bottleneck and we, you can get it at 
strategysprints.com slash sales. All right. And we'll have that URL, of course, in the show notes as well. So, Simon, thanks for uh, taking some time. I know you're at the end of your day. Uh, it's getting dark where you are while we're recording this. Um, but uh, I, so I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, hopefully uh, when, when we're all out there again, uh, we can run into you uh, out there on the road. Thank you so much. Now I will have dinner with my wife and tell her that I spoke on the podcast that last week had Seth Godin on it. I will <laughs> this this wine will be so much better. <laughs> well, good to hear. Well, che cheers to you both. Thank you, John. Bye.